Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, we love Hope Rescue Mission. We love what you guys are doing, and I just want to... Uh, challenge everyone. We're going to, they're going to have a table back in the lobby and we're going to put a basket out there and we would love for you to make a donation. Can I just tell you that uh, they didn't come here with any, any like demand or expectation. They just really wanted to make you aware of what they're doing. But through things like uh, what they're doing at the TSOS out there, they are transforming people's lives. Through 549 Hope, we're seeing people get answers and seeing the church in a new way. For so many years, I watched as people would call church after church after church, looking for, for help in different ways. And when this all came together that we were able to partner with Hope Rescue Mission, now all of a sudden when people call, there's somebody on the other end of that phone who, who genuinely is able to care for them, to walk them through finding solutions. So this is huge. The Grace House is amazing. We're seeing, we're seeing moms with kids who are in tragic situations, and now all of a sudden they're, they're, there's hope inside of what's going on in their lives. And so this is such an important thing for our community. So I just want to challenge you. If you want to, you can, you can grab an envelope in the seat in front of you and write Hope Rescue Mission on there and, and put that in the basket afterwards as well. But I, just, I would like for us to do something big for them uh, this weekend. Amen? Well, if you've been with us over the last few weekends, you know that we uh, we started actually last weekend a new series called Last Kingdom. And I, I started this by saying to you that uh, in the middle of chaos, as Jim was just talking about, in the middle of the chaos of this world and, and following the news and politics and just all this stuff, it can feel like, man, where's the hope? How are we going to get through this? It feels like everything is crashing in and, and what is tomorrow going to look like and what is, what is next year going to look like? And, and now we're, we're, we hear people talking about the deficit and all of these things. And, and I don't know about you, but there are times when I can get sucked into that and I can start feeling as though there's no hope. But I'm so grateful because as we look at God's word and we understand it to be true, we don't have to guess what the end of the story is. Because it tells us the end of the story. And in case you don't want to spoil or cover your ears, I'm going to say something here. We win in the end. There's no fear of not winning. The last kingdom standing will be his kingdom. The last thing that will ever be will be his. And, and I was reminded, and last weekend I said this to you, but I was, I was hearing these guys talk and they were talking about how, how many governments and how many kingdoms have stood and thought, we will, we will be the greatest until the end of time. And they've risen and they've fallen. But his kingdom stays the same. And so as we look at this, what I want you to understand, and last week we talked about, about that, the regaining of that as Jesus came and he gave his life, and because of that, he took back what the enemy had stolen, and now we have the ability to understand that we can live in a victory because of the price that Jesus paid for us. So I want to take a few moments tonight, and I want to talk to you a little bit about a kingdom, 
Because for many of us, we maybe don't fully understand this. We can look at the classic definition of a kingdom, and it's usually a a piece of land, maybe multiple cities that there's a ruler over. But when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about not a territory, but we're talking about coming to a place where it's influence and authority. Now, this is important for us because... Uh, even as we look at scripture and we're, we're coming upon Easter very quickly now, I want to encourage you that this is a great time for you to invite friends to church. You've got people in your life who don't normally go to church and you can always invite someone to Easter. And if you're worried that they'll be offended, they won't be. And if they will be, they'll get over it. It's fine. It's fine. If, if they're going to not be your friend because you invite them to an Easter service, they weren't your friend in the first place. So you're good. But as we look at this, I was, I was drawn to a, a scripture in John chapter 18, verse 36. It says this, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to, uh, to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. So Christ's kingdom is one of influence and authority, not borders and cities. This is important for us to understand because when we talk about the kingdom of God, we need to realize that when Jesus was on earth, he talked often about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And what he's talking about is an influence that his people will have. For Jesus, the kingdom of heaven was one of the predominant topics that he talked about. His message about the kingdom was not a reminder of some Disney world in the sky that we all get to go to when we, when we die on this earth, but it actually, he's talking about what takes place here and now. And I think what happens oftentimes as believers is we can become obsessed with the afterlife and the fact that, well, we accepted Christ into our lives and we, we prayed the prayer and we believe and we're following and we're trying and all of those things. And because of that, the day will come when I'll close my eyes for the last time on this earth and I'll, and I'll be in heaven with Jesus. And that's amazing and it's incredible and we should be excited about that. But can I tell you, that's not, the, that's not the, the whole message as we look at what Jesus is talking about. Because if it is, why, why would Jesus come to earth? Many of us would respond to that, that maybe he came just to show people how to avoid hell and how to get to heaven. But if that was true, then why is it that, that we don't just get raptured when, when we accept Jesus? Imagine that for a moment, Right? Like we're sitting in here after, can I tell you last weekend we had over 20 people accept Jesus at church last weekend. But could you imagine if, if the, the service ends, uh, you know, Serena comes up to the keyboard, she's playing all nice up here, and, and we're, uh, she looked like a deer in headlights right there. I, you, you do a wonderful job. Thank you, Serena. Um, but I, everybody bows your heads, close your eyes, and, and as the pastor, I, I say, hey, how many of you, you know, would like to make your relationship right with God right now? And many of you raise your hand, and you repeat the prayer with me, and immediately, <laughs> you hoover to heaven, right? You just like sucks you through the ceiling. I'll explain to you why that wouldn't work. See, Jesus came to earth, not just to tell us about heaven and hell, but he came to expand the kingdom. We often undervalue the thrust of Jesus' ministry message 
when we focus on the future at the expense of the present. When Jesus speaks of the kingdom of heaven in the Gospels, he envisioned God's kingdom rule and reign in the present day on earth, not just the day when believers are ejected into the spiritual realm. He wanted it to be now and here. And we can prove that throughout Scripture. And I think it's important for us to realize that as believers, this is part of our calling. Sadly, misunderstanding this has plagued and paralyzed believers from experiencing the abundant life that Jesus talks about. John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. See, by focusing on only one aspect of salvation, we, whether knowingly or unknowingly, minimize the aspects of the Christian life. When he's talking about, I want to give you abundant life, it's not someday in heaven, it's now he has abundant life for you. It's in this moment right now that God says, I see you and I love you and I have abundance for you. So, so how is that even possible in this world where chaos seems to abound? If justification is the entirety of the salvation experience, believers miss out on the joy and the purpose of sanctification. See, we're, we're, we're brought to this place with a purpose. We don't get to just say, okay, I accepted Christ. I got my get out of hell free card. And so now I'm just going to, I'm just going to be, I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and tarry until Jesus comes back. No, there's a purpose for you being here. We are saved not just from this world, but we are saved for this world. It's got to do something in us so that we understand that there's this calling and this purpose that comes to life when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior. If the purpose of Christianity is just to enter heaven, Jesus would have left, wouldn't have left us on earth. He would have done what I explained just a few moments ago. He would have just raptured us. But can I tell you why that doesn't work? Because if all of a sudden I'm giving the altar call and many of you raise your hand, you pray the prayer and you get sucked into heaven, guess what? Why, first of all, am I still here in that scenario? Apparently there's a problem that I need to deal with. But if all of us believers get sucked into heaven immediately, guess what? There's no one left to expand the kingdom. Our obsession with getting to heaven could paralyze us. It could even be problematic. I heard someone say once that you're too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. And people will push back on that, but honestly, I think that can be true. We can get to a place where we live so much about that one day and that I can't wait until that one day. All the while, while we sit here, we watch those who are in chaos and we don't step into their story. Jesus gave us the great commission because he wants us to reproduce followers. That's our call. It's called the great commission for a reason because God expects your involvement. See, it's not not even a, a, a request. It's not a I hope or, hey, it'd be nice if. It's a command, like go into all the world. Go into the places that no one else will go. Go to the people that no one else will love. Go and reach those who everyone else has forgotten. 
It's not just a, it's not just a, I wish you would, or it'd be nice if you could. It's saying, this is who you are to be as a follower of Jesus Christ. When we accept Christ, we move from, from the world's kingdom into the kingdom of heaven. And now we are called, we are expected to expand the territory. We are expected to wield the king's influence. Now, for those of you who've been around River of Life for any amount of time, you've probably at some time heard me talk about roller coasters because I absolutely love roller coasters. Um, who's with me? Come on, come on, come on. Roller coasters. I love them. And uh, a few years back, we had the opportunity to go to a place called Carowinds. It's in uh, North, it's actually in North and South Carolina. The border goes right down the middle of this amusement park. It's an amazing park. And uh, in, in, in there, you can see, I think I have a picture of it, actually, which my kids are going to love that I have this up there because they were quite young at the time. But right there where Hunter is standing, he's got one foot in South Carolina and the other foot in North Carolina. So the, the border goes right down the middle of it. Well, at this park is one of my favorite of all times roller coasters that I've ever been on. It is, it is made, in fact, I looked it up on Wikipedia to see if it still had these exact uh, features. It's called Fury 325. It's a steel roller coaster, and it, and it is, uh, it's a beauty, man. It's a good coaster. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Uh, we went on it the first time, and it was, I was like, oh, that's good. The second time, I'm, the, I'm this guy, and you just have to forgive me, but I held my phone the whole time so I could record myself going on. Not myself. I recorded that way. I'm not that guy. I'm that guy, <laughs> right? But I'm holding it, and it's like, don't drop your phone. Drop your, but I did it the whole time. But uh, it is a 325-foot drop. And it is the tallest, it's the third tallest roller coaster in the world. And it is the tallest with a chain lift. So it is an amazing roller coaster. But the reason I bring it up to you is not just because I like talking about roller coasters, but because this roller coaster actually goes between North and South Carolina. So you're weaving between the border of these two states. It's amazing. So good. Let's just take a moment and just think about how great that roller coaster is. So good. Love it. While we're at this park, we were doing that. We had that, we had the line, and so the kids would jump back and forth between North, South Carolina, all this stuff. But I had to think this week as I was thinking about this idea of the kingdom of this world and, and the kingdom of God. And how many of us as believers, we, we, we make the track between the two places. We're here on Saturday night, and so, oh yeah, man, praise and worship was incredible, and, and, and Jim's message was so good, and, and the bald guy was okay, and it's fine, and, and, and we just get to this place where we're just like, oh my goodness, it's so good, and yes, God, more of you, and then Monday comes, and we're like, okay, I'm back over here now. And we just, we just go between the two places. And my kids, I remember, one, I think it was Logan, and he was jumping back and forth between the two. And he's like, now I live in North Carolina. Now I live in South Carolina. Back and forth and back and forth. Where do you get your mail? That's where you live. Where do you live? Because you can't do that. You can't jump from kingdom to kingdom. You can't be in this place where you just say, you know what, today I'm here and tomorrow I'm here because I'm telling you right now, it's miserable. Revelation chapter three, verse 16 says, but since you are like lukewarm water 
neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. See, God is saying, listen, as we look at this last kingdom, what we need to understand is the world is only going to get more chaotic. There's going to be more stuff that doesn't make sense. You can't watch anything and not go, have people lost their minds? Like everything's crazy now. Things that five years ago everybody knew was wrong is now right. Like everything is changing. And we go, how are we going to survive? I'll tell you how you survive. You pick a kingdom. You can pick the kingdom of chaos if you want, or you can pick the kingdom of God because it is always the same. It will stand through all of eternity. But you got to pick a kingdom. You can't live this wish. You know what? Maybe for, maybe for decades we've been able to pull it off. Maybe the church has been okay with just one foot in and one foot out. But I'm telling you right now, the times are changing. And the season has come where you have to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. It's interesting to me because when we were building our house a couple of years ago, we, uh, we were living in a neighborhood, it's the same neighborhood as my, my parents lived in and my sister lived in. And so we were, we were going to build a house. So we sold our home. We moved into my parents' basement which is the greatest thing ever. If you, if you haven't done it, I highly recommend it. <laughs> My parents were super gracious, but it's a basement. And so we lived, and it was a nice basement, but, but we lived in my parents' basement. In the meantime, we had to do a change of address. Have you ever had this treat? This is a real blast. If you haven't, again, highly recommend it. Um, so we changed our address, and we said, okay, we no longer move, live at this address. We live with other tons at this address. See where this is going. No, we're good. And then for, you know, six or seven months, however long it was later, we moved into our new house. So we did another one of these beautiful change of addresses. What took place in the middle of that is we pretty much stopped getting mail and we'd get my parents' mail. Sometimes we'd get my son's mail who had absolutely nothing to do with any of the change of addresses. And it, what it is, it caused confusion and it caused chaos, as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about the fact that for many of us, we completely change our address all the time, and then we wonder why we have chaos and confusion inside of our lives. I talk to people, I'll counsel them, and we'll talk, and they'll be like, hey, Jason, I don't really understand. If God is so good, why is my life so hard, and why is it so chaotic? But as you dig in a little bit, you begin to understand that they haven't chosen a kingdom yet. They live in, in, in this kingdom a lot of the time, and then they'll come to church, and they'll have that aha moment where, where they feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start following God. And then a few days, weeks later, they kind of move back over here, and they get really angry at God. God, where are you? Why is my life so chaotic? And I'm just telling you right now, where do you get your mail? Like, like set an address. Because you can't be mad at the kingdom of the king of that kingdom if you're living in this kingdom. Yeah. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in the land that you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We live in a time right now, and we just walked through our Extreme Home Makeover series where we talked about, like, you've got to make a decision, and, and parents, you've got to decide. 
And you got to show it. You can't just talk about it. Man, we like to talk about it. Man, we like to talk the big talk and the big game. Can I tell you, I had a conversation with somebody just today who, who was raised in a Christian home, but they watched as it was, it was, it was uh, one way on Sunday and it was another way throughout the week. And it destroyed them. It, it, brought, it, brought, it brought chaos into their lives. So we have got to say, I'm making a decision and I know it's like, oh, well, this, I like this kingdom for these things, but this kingdom's got some really good stuff to offer too. And so I don't think it's that big of a deal, Jason, that I choose this kingdom for some days, but then on other days, I'll be firmly in this kingdom. No, choose you this day whom you will serve. Why? Because chaos is coming. It's coming. If it isn't already at your doorstep, it's close. And what will we do? When things begin to shake, where, where will you be? Because this kingdom has a firm foundation. This kingdom is strong. It's hard sometimes, but it's strong. I was reading this week, we were, we were getting ready to do our, um, our Good Friday. Uh, we're doing Good Friday online this year. We actually are partnering with two other amazing churches in town, and we're going to do it together. And so... Uh, with Anchor Church and with Mac Church. Uh, we got together and, and the three of us pastors sat and had a conversation. Our worship teams are coming together to do something and we're gonna offer that to you on Good Friday. But in the middle of that, I was rereading through the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, I found something interesting. You know what I love about God's word is there's so many layers to God's word. Yeah. Like you can read the same story 17 times and find 17 different things out of the story. And so I'm reading this story again, and, 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 and I, I, I was drawn to something in this. It says, it says, then he returned to the disciples, and he found them asleep. So Jesus has had the, the Last Supper, and he's gone to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he, and he left some of the disciples at one part of the, of, of, the, of the garden, and then he brought three of them in, and he's like, hey, guys, I need you. I need you. I'm going through something, I need you, and, and I need you to just be praying. And, and so he goes in deeper, and he comes out, and they've fallen asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, many of us, if we've been raised in the church, or even if you show up on Easter, you may, you may have heard that verse before. But this week when I was rereading it, I was drawn to something because Jesus says, keep watch and pray. Those are not two things that you normally hear together. You don't hear a pastor go, hey, we're going to, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna spend a little bit of time in prayer. So keep watch. Usually you hear the opposite, close your eyes, right? Keep watch and pray. So I thought, man, that's, that's interesting. Why would Jesus say that? Why would he say keep watch and pray instead of just pray? hey, I'm, I'm having a hard time, pray with me. No, he says, keep watch. Why, is he wanting them to keep watch? Because he knows in just moments that there's going to be soldiers that are gonna come to arrest him. That doesn't really make sense because he's not telling them, hey, get ready because we're gonna fight these guys. But he says, keep watch. So then what does he say? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Why? Why in this moment? 
Jesus has preached this stuff before. So why in this moment, when Jesus knows he's about to go to the cross, why is he saying, keep watching, pray so that you don't fall into temptation? Why? Because he knows that things are about to shift. He knows that what has been normal to the disciples is about to change. They've had three years of amazing ministry. They've walked with this man who now when he goes, multitudes come. They're able to watch as Jesus does miracle after miracle after miracle. And and they're part of this like amazing historic thing. And they're so excited. And now Jesus says, hey, keep watching, pray. Things are about to change. Things are going to be different. Now, so I I thought, man, I got to look. Because is that something that Jesus said anywhere else? And he did. In Luke chapter 21, verse 34, listen to this. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus is talking now, he's talking end time stuff. Watch and pray. Pay attention. I'm just telling you right now that as I was reading that, I was thinking to myself, look at that. You know, you'll get get weighed down by, by carousing and drunkenness. But the one that stood out to me is the anxieties of life will weigh you down. If ever there's been a time in my lifetime where I've seen people more anxious, it's now. Like we're worried, there's fear, there's all of these things and, and, and there's just this, this, this sense of unrest. And I believe with all my heart that as we talk about this last kingdom, what we need to understand is that Jesus is saying, watch and pray, pick a kingdom, live in the kingdom that you've picked. Don't let it be something that you go wishy-washy between. I was on a roller coaster that would go between this state and that state. And many of you, you're on a roller coaster too. And you find yourself at some point you're on this side and on, this, on some point you're on this side. And I'm telling you, don't live there. Watch and pray. Believe him. Take him at his word. Watch what he's able to do. If you'll just say, God, my eyes are open. Lord, help me to know when I start to get even anywhere close to this kingdom. Because I know you don't have, there's nothing good here for me. There's nothing here that's going to make me who you've called me to be. So help me, Father, to, to be in this place where I'm, I'm grounded in you. You see, I can tell you at the beginning of all of these messages that there's going to be one kingdom at the end. There's only one that will survive it all. Why does it matter to you? Because you have a choice whether you're going to be in that kingdom or not. You have a decision to make. Am I, going to, am I going to live where he asked me to live? Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. This isn't religion where it's like, oh, man, you got to be perfect or you're not going to make it. Nope. Because if that's the case, I'm in a lot of trouble. I'm just telling you right now, though, it's in that moment where you say, God, I am, 
I am, I, I, I'm, I'm trusting in you. I'm praying. I'm believing. I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm watching. I'm praying. I'm seeing what's going on. And God, I'm asking for you to keep me from temptation. Keep me from places I shouldn't be. Keep me from seeing what I shouldn't see and saying what I shouldn't say. Lord, I need your help. In my weakness, I need your strength because he's good and he will and he's able. got to watch what gets your attention. Where do you get your mail? Where is it that you live your life? Where is it that's important to you? Now, I told you in this message that, that the reason he doesn't hoover us to heaven, I, I'm going I'm to coin that phrase. I think that's good. The reason he doesn't is because he's got a purpose for you. He doesn't leave you here just because it's convenient. He leaves you here because you have a calling. You have people in your life that only you can reach. You have people in your life that will listen to you that would never listen to the bald guy. They won't. If I met them on the street and invited them to the church, they would say whatever, and they would keep going. But because you have influence inside of their life, now all of a sudden you have an ability to speak to them and you get to be a part of that great co-mission that we do together. I think this message is timely because this is the time of year where we have an opportunity like only one other time during the year to invite people to church. Don't get me wrong, you should be able to invite people all the time. But for some of you, if this is like baby steps, this is a great baby step. It's a great starting place. It's not an ending place. It doesn't mean I'm not giving you permission to just invite twice a year. Okay? I'm saying, like, if you don't normally, use this as your, as your launching pad for your ministry. What's your ministry? Win the lost. We all have the same, we all have the same ministry. It may look different. Some of us do it up here. Some of you do it at your workplace. Some of you do it in your neighborhood. Some of you do it with your kids' sports. Whatever it is that you're doing, just understand you have a calling, and it is to share Christ, to seek and to save those who are lost. That's why I love, I mean, how, how timely was it that Jim was here and the message that he shared about chaos? You'd have thought we'd have coordinated that, but we didn't. It's good. Because that's our, that's our job. It's not our hobby. Hobby you can do without for a season. It's your job. You've got to do it. You go, oh, Jason, but I'm such an introvert. Oh, I don't know that I could. I don't, I, I'm, I've looked at the scripture, and I don't know, but I have not seen anything in here that excuses the introvert. I, I haven't. If you got that verse, I'd love to talk to you afterwards because I'd like to figure out where that is. It's for all of us. And the thing is, is when we do it, all of a sudden something happens inside of us. Life comes. When we talk about the abundant life that he promises, it promises us when we do what he's asking us to do. Man, he wants to do great things. I'm going to ask everybody to just close your eyes for a minute. We're going to end with a little bit of worship. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down because I believe that there's some in the house and maybe life's even extra chaotic for you right now and you could just use somebody to come alongside you and pray with you. But I just feel like tonight what we need to do is just spend a little bit of time in prayer and worship and just saying, God, 
You saved me for such a time as this. You have a plan and a purpose for me. And you want to do amazing things through me. So tonight, I just want to encourage you. I believe, as I was praying about this before church, I really feel like there are some in the house that you need to just spend some time saying, God, who is it this week that I can reach into their life? Who is it this week that I can speak to? Who is it this week that I can, that I can share your love, your hope with? Because God loves people. And our call is to make him famous. So I'm going to ask you to just, as you close your eyes, I want to pray over you. But I want, to, I want you to take a moment tonight, and I want you to just say, God, I'm listening. God, I'm listening. And I'll tell you right now, if you leave this place and God hasn't shared someone, there isn't somebody that comes to your mind, then you're not listening. Because he's got someone. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.